0: Hi, this is Craig. Welcome to the Wine Beat. The Wine Beat is an exploration of the world's great wine regions, sometimes off the beaten path, but we're in search of the world's greatest wines. Today, we're going to Epinomi, which is just on the doorstep of one of my favorite cities, Thessaloniki in Greece. This might be a little bit off the beaten path, but we are going to one of the best wineries in the world, Garavassleou Estate. This is a winery that year in, year out is rated one of the top 100 in the world. So this is a thrilling opportunity to talk to people behind the success. We're going to talk to Thrasyantidis. he's the enologist and he's also the export manager for the estate. And we're going to talk to the legendary man himself, Vasilis Garavassou. Vasilis Garavassio is to the Greek wine industry what Robert Mondavi is to California, or what Giacomo Takis is to the modern Italian wine industry, or what Emile Peinod is to the French wine industry of today. He is a pioneer and a bit of a patriarch. He's a passionate proponent for local varietals, and he's a constant innovator. His career got off to an auspicious start at the University of Bordeaux. He was studying oenology and he became a close disciple and collaborator with his professor, the late famed Emile Penaud, a man who's been called the forefather of modern oenology. Emile Penaud was working with Yannis Karas, a Greek ship magnate who was building a very ambitious winery project in the north of Greece. Peynod convinced Vangelis Garavasoio to take the position of enologist and winemaker at Porto Carras, and thus began Garavasoio's career. He worked at Porto Carras for a number of years, and they were doing some very interesting work at Porto Carras. They were working with little-known varieties, growing them up in small bunches and making small batches of wine to see what worked. And they came across a vine called Malagussia. It was one of those vines on the brink of extinction but they raised a small lot of it, they were made some wine, and they were overwhelmed with the result. So slowly they propagated new vines, and slowly they built up a, enough vines in the vineyard of Porto Carras that they were able to make some, uh, some Malagussia wine in reasonable quantities. Vangelis Guerra was enchanted with this wine. Eventually, in 1981, he started his own vineyard on his family property and has made a small start, but he started with some cuttings of the Malagusia grapes from Porto Carras, and again started the process over again of g- slowly growing up the vineyard size until he was able to make a reasonable commercial quantity of wine. And ever since then, Malagusia has been closely associated with Vangel's Garevasseu, and, you know, it's becoming quite a well-known grape varietal. Vangelis Gerevasiu is a fervent believer that the future of Greek wine is in indigenous varieties. He believes in the use of foreign varieties as well, but as you'll hear, he is particularly enthralled with Malagousia, Limnio, Assyrtico, and others, including an extremely ancient grape that I wasn't aware of called Biblinos Ambalos. You're going to hear more about all of that in the podcast. This podcast was recorded on the patio overlooking the vineyard at Garavassio State. If you go to the Garavassio website, you can see a picture of a crescent moon sculpture and a patio and then a sort of a sweeping valley with, with the vineyards. Uh, that patio is where we recorded this. There's some beautiful photos on the site. I encourage you to go check it out. Uh, but I think we should get on with the podcast. I've been chatting away. Here we go. At Ktima Gerovassiliou in Epanomi, northern Greece. Thras Yancidis, Correct. export manager at Gerovassiliou.
1: One part of my job here, yeah, exports. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, we're sitting on the balcony, overlooking the vineyards in the um, at Gerovassiliou uh, state. We're in the uh, on Ep- the outskirts of the village of Epanomi. Epanomi, and we're about half an hour from Thessaloniki. Yeah, roughly, yeah. So, the buzzing city of Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki Just is behind. It's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing city, it is, right? Yeah,
1: it's an escape. It's a log, I mean, it's a very a close escape from everything. Let's say this vineyard, this sea of vineyards. Uh, the winery includes like uh, seventy-two hectares private owned vineyards, planted with some of the finest Greek indigenous grapes, alongside with international grapes. It was established back in 1981 by Vangelos Gerovasilio, the owner and the winemaker. His goal was to show the potential of the region, this little size place called the Panomi. is a typical uh, terroir uh, kind of uh, (coughs) character climate and uh, very unique. It's like a small peninsula because the vineyards are just facing from the three sides, uh, the, the water, uh, the sea, uh, northern, uh, western, and uh, southern. Um, typical, marita- typical Mediterranean climate with a lot of maritime influence because of the sea breezes that actually uh, wind and blow up ab- almost every day, all the year round. That helps a lot because it's a relatively hot area. Um, Seventy percent of the vineyards are planted with uh, Greek indigenous grapes like Malagousia. Gerovassiliou Evangelos was the um, he has he has worked more than anybody in the country with this grape since the '70s. He actually saved the grape uh, bank station, and nowadays it's uh, very trendy all over Greece. They plant it all over.
0: Malagousia.
1: Malagousia, yeah, it's a local grape, uh, originate from Nafpaktos. Uh, uh, mainland Greece white wine grape white grape yes we also have another white grape probably the most uh, famous Greek white grape called Assyrtiko uh, the origin of this grape is uh, Santorini the, uh, the uh, island in the uh, uh, Aegean the um, here has another uh, kind of uh, you know uh, character in the north or in mainland where it's planted And Santorini is probably the most uh, uh, terroir-driven wine wine in Greece, the whites of Santorini. We also have some uh, local uh, Greek red grapes like Limnio, probably the oldest attested Greek red grape, uh, together with Mavrudi, another local grape. Mavro is the Greek word for black. Uh, And also some grapes we brought up from Santorini a few years ago, Mavro Tragano, a certain grape. Uh, Together with the Greek indigenous grapes in the vineyards that, as I said, cover an area of 72 hectares today, all privately owned, we also have some international grapes like the white Sauvignon Chardonnay, and Viognier and we also have some small parcels of Syrah and Merlot. Uh, We're doing wine in the area since the 80s. 1986 was the maiden vintage. Uh, A small winery was built uh, and then, of course, expanded seven, eight different times. Today, there are a lot of facilities in the in the winery. We have this uh, place where we are here, the visitor center, where somebody can taste, uh, see, eat, get. Uh, I mean, try the wines, the main winery, and also storage area. Um, since 1986, as I said, we're doing wines here, wines that show this, reflect this unique place. Uh, the characteristics of the place, of the grapes, the philosophy of the wine maker, of course. And, you know, it's a consistent way, it's a continuous way, it's a continuous effort producing wine in this area. Of course, Greece is, uh, is an unknown country in the world uh, wine place stage. But I think Greek wines are coming, a lot of uh, new wineries, uh, old grapes, this is another important thing, technology, know-how, people who studied abroad, came back to Greece and established small properties, they all produce uh, an imaginable range of wines from the north to the south, as climates vary from the north to the south, this is very important. Uh, 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 climate in Greece could be continental in the north up to you know southern hot climates in the south, the islands so all these are expressed in different wines and this is imaginable range of wines you know from uh, sparkling rosés or whites in the north up to late harvest uh, or sweet wines from the sun-dried grapes in the south this is Greece and this is something beyond the traditional uh, uh, thing that you know, uh, Greek wines could be something uh, like an authentic, uh, unique, all related to the place, all related to the people who do the wines, this new generation of winemakers. And it's, it's there in your glass to try it. I mean, uh, we just have to promote. Sometimes we, people in the exports, feel, feel like missionaries. Uh, we have to spread the word all over. <laughs>
0: Um, this this could be a very short podcast because you have just covered the the family the place yeah
1: try to be uh, the varieties yeah, yeah.
0: the uh, place of Greece in the world market uh, this, the the variety of microclimates across the country um, so there's a lot of stories here let's um, can we go back to the to the family and to Vangelis Gerovassiliou Vangelis and, is, and his story uh,
1: yeah Vangelis is a background. He did agronomy in Thessaloniki, Agricultural School of uh, Aristotle University. He was specialized in enology and uh, abelology in Bordeaux in the mid 70s. Uh, in Bordeaux, he had as a professor uh, a famous, I mean, professor of enology in the University of Bordeaux, Emile Peinot, one of the, the dean of the modern enology. Peinot was considered one of the you know, leading figures in world enology, in the you know, for in the past century like you know celicev in california or you know these kind of figures and um, he was after finishing completing his studies in bordeaux he was asked uh, he was actually asked by his professor Peinot, to go and work as a chief inologist in uh in, uh, in uh, here in, a, uh, in an area very close here to panomi in the second finger like peninsula of Halkidiki. The winery was called Sato uh, Porto Karas in uh, Sithonia. Karas uh, was a, a late Greek ship owner, like Onassis, a lot of money, he invested to Sithonia, a place called Porto Karas, among other things, among casino, among golf course, among uh, marina, the hotels, the touristic development. He, he he decided to do also some uh, you know agricultural development. At that time, he it was the biggest private Lyon vineyard in Europe in the 70s. He has something like 480 hectares of vineyards. I think wow. a few years ago, the um, got their new family from from Spain. Uh, I mean, uh, had some more. So Karas was a big thing for Greek. Uh, 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 wine things in the 70's Uh, Peno was consulting some professors from the university Peno was consulting in uh, winemaking some professors from the university consulting in uh, uh, wine cultivation wine growing so a lot of brick grapes were planted there a lot of foreign grapes just to study and see how they do and they wanted to do something you know wines to express that thing the 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 place they it's like uh, they decided to plant the vineyards on the slopes of a mountain Mount Meliton because they these of uh, were coming from the islands some acerico some Athiris, some Limno. so they on the slopes of this uh, mountain they just planted vineyards they're not like uh, the mountainous mostly. And uh, Gerovasli was very lucky to work there as a gangenologist. He, uh, he started there in 1976, I think. And in 1981, he decided to set up his own vineyard here, at the Panomi, uh, his homeland. His father possessed a small vineyard here. And then he actually, uh, from the two hectares of the 80s, he is now 72 hectares today. Year after year, everything was from, uh, you know, invested, all profits went to business. And this was good. The wines, of course, were good every year, consistent. And his biggest uh, success uh, here is that his kids now are falling. He has three kids. His son is also a, an agronomist and from Bordeaux, same, same uh, route as his father, same things. And the two daughters are also involved, one in uh, 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 PR and one is in, uh, 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 marketing and PR and the other in uh, in, uh, in uh, accounts. His wife also is in part of the business every day in accounts. So it's like uh, 100% family-run vineyard and winery uh, trying to sow uh, this uh, unique place to wines every year.
0: It is a... It is a really unique place. Um, we're surrounded on three sides, basically, by the bays. Um, the bays. Uh, this is like a peninsula, isn't it? We it is a peninsula. We can actually. see water almost everywhere we look.
1: And behind me, it's very hazy today. We can see because it's it's Mount Olympus, the the mountain of uh, the Greek gods. <laughs> which is just very close but we have uh, like a, a bay, to. W- if we cross the bay it's very close but you have to do all the way around to if you drive and uh, that helps a lot because we have all the wind, the, the cold breezes from the sea the, that help especially in the summer time, in the warm summer time. To give like a cooling effect to the vineyards. To the And vines. that's
0: important because of the heat. You d- it, those, is, those it is. Those sea breezes. It is. It is. Moderate, huh? Uh,
1: we are. Don't forget, we're after all in Greece, <laughs> so it's <laughs> like a hot. We're not in Norway or in Sweden, so sometimes heat is is uh, is. Uh, and if a, goes goes
0: if a person goes to the Girovasolio, if um, a person goes to the website, they're going to see the view that we can see here with uh, yes this. this Quite distinctive shallow valley that runs it's a valley, yeah. um, runs in front of the winery, and so there's vines going downwards in front of us, yeah. and then across this small valley, there's the vines going up. Yes, it's a it's a beautiful view. And
1: uh, as I see some olive groves, we do some olive oil. Uh, okay, just for ourselves for the uh, cafeteria here, every year. This year was not so we didn't produce too much, but last year was a productive year. And we also do some other products like, you know, uh, salts uh, uh, made from uh, the the sediment of uh, a red wine. We do some other things like local products we sell here in our uh, gift shop. Just to give you, you know, an idea of what we do here.
0: And going back to the varieties, um, you've got... As you say, seventy percent local indigenous Greek
1: and is the majority.
0: Which ones would you pick out and and, and emphasize in terms of what this what this Malagusia, estate does Malagusia, really well? I
1: think Malagousia. Yeah. Because uh, Vangelis, as I said, was a person who he has worked more than anybody in in the country with this grape. Because we, in the beginning, we used uh, different clones. Now we are. We have found which clone goes where, what kind of soil, what inclination, what altitude, it's very important. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, in the wines, uh, the, <coughs> the question is not, is to do, you know, before planting, find out which is the right grape to the right place, it's, uh, so uh, we're there. We have set up that the certain clone goes well, the small one, the berry size small one and we don't plant on the lower parts. We do here because it's more windy, more there is more humid, Malaguziga is very sensitive. So we now in the, the right uh, uh, time to decide what grapes. So in the beginning, we planted a little bit more, you know. That's, the, ben- that's the benefit yes. of 40 years of experience. Yes, exactly, huh? exactly. And this is what we do now. Mm. We have planted some experimental vines as well to see how they go. We have planted Xinomavro, a typical red grape from the northern part of Greece, uh, now some Indo, Rapsani, and Gumenisa. Uh, we did a new rose wine this year from this grape. Probably in the future, we'll do uh, wine from 100% Ligno grape, the red indigenous grape I mentioned, the oldest attested Greek red grape. So it's also using different techniques in the winemaking this is where we are it's a continuous effort somebody has to do that and you know more and more in the past people uh, used to be you know nomadic move from one place I think planting a vineyard and growing up a vine um, the the plants the vines reflect your affection to those this is like getting going deeper and deeper down in the roots. The winemaker is like that. I mean, the, the vines reflecting this relation. And most of the Greek winemakers, I, have, I, I think they have this relation with the soil, with the land. They all, you know, more. And this is the case. We uh, talked
0: about that a little bit before we started recording. We talked about the fact that uh, uh, Greece is not typically a, a country with large estates they they tend to be smaller estates and they tend to be quite dis- distinctive in terms of the different geographies the different microclimates the different terroirs Do you want to talk a little bit more I about think this is about the that? case
1: of greece you, you pointed well in those two uh, few words of course europe in generally possession of land is not like australia like, like u.s or like uh, where you know it's less than a nectar the minimum the average possessing of land so it's <laughs> this is not something, but um, uh, more and more people, you know, they're trying to to promote these local terroirs they have all over Greece. The local varieties we have more than three hundred Greek indigenous grapes all over Greece. I wouldn't say that all of those are producing good wines. I mean, but at least one hundred, one hundred, one hundred thirty of those grapes are very good to produce good wines from the other side from the other side, we also have some international grapes, of course, and these international grapes uh, sometimes help doing blendings etc Now we speak about that i mean don't forget that big Italian wines they also did that the Tuscanis the super Toscanis they did that with the French varietals I'm not, i i don 't want to copy them in terms of that, but sometimes a little bit of use of uh, non-greek grape international grape now is is good for the wine and this is now the case another case we have in greece that we speak about regions Uh, there are like 30 appellation of for region regions that wine existed uh, for centuries and still the rc regions in greece there now we have more than 120 regional i mean uh, wines that come from smaller regions with, which are the pgi regions and now in greece those are protected those are identified yes, protected to the re- former regional wines yeah but you can use also international grapes in the aussie regions only uh, uh, indigenous grapes are permitted of right. course certain laws restrictions about yields uh, uh techniques of growing etc but in the um in Greece now we speak about sub-regions, which is a, a theme now, it's a, it's a fact. I mean, the whole region of Nemea, which is one of the oldest regions, red regions in Greece, in Peloponnese, there are three different regions in the same area. Till now we all call them Nemea, but now we're speaking about Nemea, which is on the valley, Nemea, which is on the mountain, and Nemea, which is more in higher in the mountains. And these wines are different, for sure, certain years, this is shows to the wines. This is I mean this is another thing we should talk now. Sub regions in the Aussie regions in Greece. And it's coming, I think. Do you think that's
0: an advantage for Greeks for Greece in the in the in the modern wine market to have these very distinctive small uh protected areas and very distinctive varieties? Is that something that the are you as export manager, are you finding the buyers interested in these, you know, uh,
1: Certainly, I, th- I think the, this is a fact. I mean, uh, this is a different. The thing in the exports about Greek wine is that we haven't branded well so much whatever is called uh, produced in Greece. I mean, regarding wines, we we haven't done it for other products as well. I mean, we haven't branded. We, we it lacks a little bit of profile, the modern profile. Most of people think that the only Greek wine is still retsina, the wine. It's a it's a delicious wine. We drink it sometimes, especially in the Greek uh, Easter with the Greek lamp, but it's not the only Greek wine. I mean, uh, they ask, do you retina? I mean, in the export market, you do retina? Well, we don't do retina. There are other people doing retina, an excellent expression of retina. So this is the case. The Greek wine has the advantage of uh, the different places, of the different grapes, the different (coughs) wines, of course, but people don't know it. It's people that l- lack so lack of uh, of uh, how can I say it of, um, But there's a great opportunity here, isn't it? There? Is, I mean, it in terms is. Of and people are so now taking mind the tourist, Everyone has a story. I mean, I could say things about here, the region, Mount Olympus, the grapes, all the grapes that are here centuries now. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it's coming now. Uh, the um, that. We try hard, and this is what we're paying as a country I mean we haven't promoted well this um you know uh, uh, agricultural production, either wine or olive oil or whatever cheese to do that you know t- to make it seem as a product as a branded product uh the um and besides the, the the difficult situation of the Greek economy wine industry is one of the strongest part wine and food industry as well it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong part in an organism that is not doing well in Greece we don't speak about large exports because if I tell you the total amount of Greek exports like uh, could be like 80 90 million euros it's nothing it's not a big thing but It's it's part of this generation of winemakers that uh, uh, export oriented export oriented since the beginning of uh, you know of making wine, few things everywhere. I mean we're not just selling. And Greek wine can be by definition in all markets. It's it's so small the the amounts. I mean we're number 17 in the world, so we can flood markets with Greek wine for sure. We prefer to be in certain places, like, you know, uh, good places all over. As I told you before, we're in Canada, some restaurants in in Ontario. We do well in Quebec, a few things in BC. So we're focusing on more on the, uh, you know, target markets. Target markets everywhere, niche markets everywhere. This is, this is the case of Greek wine, can be like massive. Uh. And as an overall trend across the wine producers
0: across the country, how, where, how's the export trend looking? Is it, is it growing?
1: It's, 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 it's growing. And uh, most of the Greek exports uh, since the uh, beginning was Germany. Some people in the wine trade don't consider them as exports because mostly Greeks imported wines, Greek wines in Germany through the Greek restaurants but 40 to 45 5% of the greek exports used to be germany now it's a little bit less and it's coming now us and canada uh. asia asia a few things a few things in australia because of the greeks about 15% of the greek wines are exported total production of greek wine is about 2.2 million hectoliters of wine it's uh, just to have an idea is uh, i don't know half of bordeaux or as much as Veneto produces in Italy. So it's nothing. Right. It's just one region in a big... It's not like Spain or France. So uh, by definition, Greek wine can be everywhere. But a few things and it's coming, you know, very optimistic in terms that more and more exports are coming, more and more countries. We're doing pretty well in Singapore. We're doing pretty well in South Korea. Russia, I don't think Greek wine. Some wineries do well. China... It's a target. Uh, Japan could be a target with a new, also with a new regulament through a European. Uh,
0: and quality in winemaking is something that's probably worth t- touching upon because now people get the, yeah, they Westerners study
1: the technology is There, it's uh, like it's a very high-tech winery you're running here. You saw it, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It, you it, have to do that. Very, very modern. If you don't do that, you don't do good wine. I mean, it's oh, a yeah. tradition oh. by one hand, technology. New techniques, new ideas. The science now is involved, so it's it's coming. What else? What didn't we touch? We haven't touched actually the owner and the winemaker, the uh, <laughs> who's here with us.
0: Uh, Evangelis Gerovassiliou has joined us at the table, and we're uh, uh, we're, we're privileged to have uh, Mr. Gerovassiliou, the man who created this amazing vineyard here with us. Um, Malagusia is something that is associated very closely with your name. So what would you say about the Malagusia grape?
2: I am very proud for this. But by the chance when I work in Porto Carras, a professor of ampelology, Mr. Logothetis broke uh, bro- uh, bring some uh, uh, disappear unknown varieties for uh, makes small vinifications for uh, is, if it's possible to find if this variety was uh, good for the vine or for the, the, the table the grape. And so uh, that was
0: the first time you worked
2: with Malagusia was at Porto yes, Curras. Uh, uh, he, br- he brings bring some uh, pieces of uh, vine from mm-hmm. one pergola. Right. Uh, we, gave, uh, we did uh, the greffas, the brewing, mm-hmm. and we multiplied uh, 10, 20, <laughs> 20 vine only. Where did, those, th- where did those cuttings come from? They uh, came from locally ca- or...? No, no. This came uh, from uh, one pergola from mountain of epiros a small village of epiros and uh, after two years uh, with the first grape that i tasted, i find that it was amazing yes. very tasty we multiplied slowly slowly and in the seven uh, 1977 we we have Produced the first barrel of this var- <laughs> of this variety. The wine it was excellent. And slowly, slowly we multiplied. We uh, arrived in Porto Carras about four hectares, and in '81 I planted here uh, first the four hectares, and slowly, slowly we arrived now to have 28 hectares of Malagouzia. Right. And in in the last ten, 20 years. Uh, we sent a lot of uh, plant uh, in different uh, areas in Greece and now it's uh, the more uh, important uh, commercial but also lovely variety in Greece.
0: That's an amazing success story because yeah, Malagusia, Malagusia is becoming very famous in Greece uh, and, and, uh, and, the a, last, and internationally.
2: Uh, uh, the last uh, year of uh, uh, Wine and Spirit and uh, Wine Spectator, you know, mm-hmm. Wine Spectator choose uh, in the place 49th uh, ninth between the hundred best wine the last year your malagousia is uh, number 49 Malagusia. also congratulations in, uh, wine the spirit select malagousia between the th- hundred best uh, wine in the world that is an this amazing is, success story amazing. and you've been setting
0: sending cuttings from your vineyard to other places in in greece so the uh, malagousia a lot of the malagousia uh, com- in greece is coming there is from now a lot
2: uh, a lot of uh, places i think uh, the, the last year, it was the more uh, demanded uh, plant from the uh, viticulture of uh, Greece. That is incredible. And what is it that you
0: love about Malagusia as a grape and as a wine variety?
2: It's a wine. It's a lovely wine with fruity citrus, uh, uh, jasmine, uh, botanic, uh, and tasted that uh, much very well, go very well with the Mediterranean food. I think um, all time, the local variety goes well with the local food. And uh, our local food is the Mediterranean food. For this reason, it's a uh, uh, very good uh, variety. Uh, and among the red wines that you produce, which one are you particularly proud of? Uh, in a red wine, we produce a lot of wine of Limeo. They are more... Uh, ancient variety in Greece and uh, the world. world. Because uh, this uh, variety uh, mentioned from uh, Aristophanes in the 5th century BC, with the same name. Limnio. Oh, they were using the name Limnio... Limnia, Limnia ambulus In that time. Not this time. Uh, but also in the other state uh, we have uh, with the, the, my partner, Vasili Tsaksarlis, We discovered a not red variety, the name is Biblinos Ambelos, it's very, very old variety, red. And and now we work here with a small uh, experimental uh, vineyard, with 50 varieties, different varieties, maybe between them we find the next great success we hope to find something <laughs>
0: what what was the name of the, that grape variety that you you and your partner discovered uh, the biblinos biblinos ambelos uh-huh. biblinos ambelos and that is uh, this is
2: uh, the wine that we export in the uh, united states and canada
0: uh, it's from bibliahora from bibliahora which is which is the other winery that you yes. have with your partner okay this uh, is
2: uh, may- maybe the oldest variety from uh, this uh, for the existing in Greece because the DNA is 50% unknown. Uh, this seems that it's very, very ancient variety. Amazing. That's
0: fascinating. Well, it was, it was something that uh, Thras and I were talking about was
2: the importance of the indigenous varieties. Yes, for the, uh, I think the future of the Greek wine is the, uh, the local variety, the native variety because the taste is different. Yeah. The international variety, especially the French, who is the major of the variety, exists in planting in all the world, especially in the world, where sometimes produce very good wine and not expensive.
0: But what is unique and distinctive is the I think indigenous uh, variety.
2: Greece, uh, we had about 300 varieties. Now they exist, uh, they, they we are about 120, 125. Between them, there is some very, very exciting variety, but it's unknown in the the, the, the other people. For this, I think uh, we must focus the enologist and the viticulture to provide and to uh, vinify the new variety and maybe this is the future for the Greek wine.
0: Just as that discussion was wrapping up, we were joined by Vangelis' son, Argiris, and we talked further about winemaking at the estate. The part of the interview with, uh, with Argiris doesn't show up in this podcast. It's, it was actually included in an, in an episode we did a couple of uh, episodes ago called Greek Wine Renaissance. In that, in that episode, we talked with a number of wine personalities in Greece about what's going on in the Greek wine scene. So I encourage you to go listen to that. I think it's quite a, quite a good podcast and very, very informative about what's happening in the current scene in, in Greek wine. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Vangelis and Thras. I had such a fantastic time doing it. It was amazing driving out from Thessaloniki. Beautiful place, beautiful sunshine, um, beautiful lunch afterwards with Vangelis, Thras, and some friends of theirs. It was, it was just amazing. Um, there's a lot of substance and content here. There's history, there's grape growing regions, grape varieties, and, and, and how winemakers in Greece are looking to the future. You'll hear a little bit about some of Greece's most successful uh, local grape varieties Malagousia, of course, but also Assyrtico, Mavrudi, Limnio, Mavrotragono from, from, from Santorini. Uh, and there's also an interesting grape that appears to be extremely ancient, Biblinos Ambolos. Vangelis talks about that grape variety in the context of his partnership with Vasilis Tsaktarlis at Biblia Hora. Biblia Hora is a very successful winery in Greece, and they're doing quite a bit of export, so you might be able to find Biblia Hora wines. They're excellent wines, and just another example of how Vangelis is not resting on his success. He's developed that joint venture project, Biblia Hora. He's also got a project going in South Africa, so this is a man who's continuing to, to build on his ambitions. You may have picked up during the discussion with Thras um, that he mentions a rosé made from the Mavro grape. Uh, they made this for the first time in 2018. I had a chance to try it when I was in Greece. It is an awesome rosé. So if you can find the Katima Aguero rosé of Xeno uh, Mavro grape, I highly recommend you try it. It is incredible. Um, that's it for today. Thanks very much for joining me on the Wine Beat. Please send me some feedback. If you liked the episode, uh, www.winebeatpod.com is the website. Uh, email address is winebeatpod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and, and receiving any feedback. Uh, stay tuned. We've got more episodes coming up. We've got some exciting stuff coming up in terms of winemaking with a friend of mine. We're going to do some short episodes about uh, winemaking for people who find that sort of stuff interesting. It's not going to be deeply technical. It's going to be for wine lovers. Um, wine Roads of Northern Italy is also coming up. We've got lots coming up. Please join us. Thanks for joining me today. This is Craig. Bye.